Now, today is the final message on our series through the book of James, Show Me. And it's been our August challenge to talk about these major themes of James, and it's been good to go through there. And today, as we close that, I brought with me a little bit of an illustration, and hopefully I can undo this gingerly without wrecking the illustration. Here we have some things you may recognize. Yes, um, many things here are items that you would find in a grocery store, a drugstore, places that you might go and shop for things that you need. In fact, if you look at some of the things in here, maybe you take notice and you might not be able to see, but at the bottom we have some things that we need in life, like Tide uh, to, to clean our... Um, in fact, this sermon, this sermon today is brought to you by, by Tide. No, not, not really. But Tide is Tide, and we got some other hand soap and some disinfectant wipes here and some Raid. Uh, you know, if you need some bug spray, you might find that in a drugstore or somewhere or even there. And, and we see, oh, yeah, my, my other favorite, of course, is salsa. You know, get the big things of salsa. Yes, we got to love salsa. And then we see things like, you know, the peanut butter and, you know, this is bubble gum mouthwash. Now, if I had that when I was a kid, I'd probably drink it. So that's probably a good thing we didn't. We have things we need like sugar, a shampoo, uh, Tums or, you know what I mean, antacids, ibuprofen. And then up on, at the top here, we see some things that uh, I think are very special, especially if you're a cook. Uh, things that add to our lives and add to our meals and add to our delight. Uh, well, ketchup for some people, relish, um, olive oil, uh, of course, salt. Uh, jam, um, syrup, and of course, we, hot sauce, which we all need. And, and there, then this here, these, these all came out of my wife's kitchen. These are, these are spices. Um, she loves to cook with spices. I, I say my wife's kitchen. It's really mine too, but I'm really kind of a foreigner in there, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. But anyhow, there, there's things like... Uh, I don't even know what Mullings spice is, but cinnamon, I know what that is. I love cinnamon, um, some garlic here, and peppercorns, basil, um, parsley, I know what parsley is, uh, cilantro, uh, it's Italian seasonings, seasoning salt, you know, and then some honey, of course. And, you know, these things that come into our lives, or we use them because they add so much. They add so much um, variety, or they, or they add things that are needed for us to enjoy life and enjoy meals, or just to get along, you know, and some of the things that we have on an everyday basis that, that help us. But there is, there is one thing that every product in here has in common. One thing that every product you see here today has in common. And it's this. Now, there may be some other things, but at least one thing they have in common. As long as they stay on the shelf, they're useless. As long as these are on the shelves, and think about it, you can go to a CVS or a, or a, or a Walgreens or, or Heinen's or Giant Eagle or whatever, you, here in the Northeast Ohio and here across the United States, and you see shelves after shelf after shelf filled with these items, but as long as they're on the shelves, they don't do you any good at all. And as long as they stay on the shelf and in their can or in their bottle, they're useless. They're useless. 
which reminds me a little bit of what James has to say to us today when he says in James chapter 2, verse 20, faith without deeds is useless. It's like it's sitting on the shelf. People look at it, <laughs> but it's ineffective. It's useless. Wow. Maybe we should back up a little bit. Let's go to chapter 1, where he introduces this theme of our faith and our deeds. Chapter 1, verse 19, and we'll be going through the rest of the chapter throughout the, throughout the morning. But James um, has this to say in chapter 1, verse 19. Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second. A couple weeks ago, I said, it said, dear brothers and sisters, listen. Well, this, he says, dear brothers and sisters. So again, we know here he's talking to, 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 to the Christians, to the Jewish believers in Christ, the Christ followers who are scattered, because he's calling them brothers and sisters. So this is not to the, this is not to the, to the world. This is, this is to the church. And he's saying, brothers and sisters. Now he says, take note of this. Don't you think maybe... He means something here. In fact, if he was preaching this instead of writing it, I think he would say, take some notes. <laughs> Write this down. Maybe this, if you're watching online, it's a good time to get some paper and pencils or something like that. Or if you have your notes, take some note about it. Make sure you get this because what I'm about to tell you is critically important. And he says this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Well, okay, what, well, what's going on here? Well, before, before we act, in many cases, we need to listen. We need to listen. I've never had this problem here, so don't even think it's anybody. But I've had a problem with some employees every now and then in the past at my other place. <laughs> Where you're giving them instructions and telling them what to do, and I know they're not listening. You know, I know they're, they're just, their mind's going. Uh, I've already started the assignment. It's okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and I can do that. And, I, and, and I'm trying to give instructions. And I, and I know when they walk away, they haven't heard me. And that's so frustrating. <laughs> and I, I kind of get the feeling that's what James is here and inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, guys, hey, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. In fact, he's just introduced the word to them in the verse before, and he's talking about the word of God, and he says, man, you got to be quick to listen. Sometimes we get things just out of whack on that. We, you know, we ready, fire, aim. We just go running, and without taking time to first listen to what God has to say. And what James is doing here, really, is you see here, he's, 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 he's clearing the table. He's, 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 he's saying, if we're going to hear God's word, and, and we're going to hear God's word, and he's going to share God's word, because he said, remember, brothers, pay attention, take notes. He, I got I to clear the table first. He says, the first thing we do to clear the table is remember, listen. Listen here. And he says, not only listen, but by the way, you know, keep the mouth shut. <laughs> and, and, and don't get angry. You should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. You know, that slow to speak, just, he comes to that in chapter three. We won't get into that much, but he says, you know, no one, no human can tame the tongue. <laughs> That's hard, isn't it? It's hard when, when, when someone's telling you or talking to you or instructing you and it's hard not to talk, it's not to, to defend, to do whatever, but, but we have that, oh, I gotta, I gotta get mine in. 
He says, no, 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 be slow to, slow to talk, slow to get angry. And he says this, this is why. He says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Wow. When, when has our anger, no, when has my anger <laughs> ever been Christ-like? I, I try to remember a time where I really got angry, really, really angry, and thinking, was I at my best in my witness for Christ at that point? I don't think so. He says that the anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires in us. And he's saying this, he says, okay, clearing the table. We need, to get, we need to get rid of it. You need to be slow, slow to get angry, slow to speak, but quick to listen. Why? Or what's next? Well, he says that. Therefore, whenever you see a therefore, you ask, but it's therefore. <laughs> He's told us to clear the table, get rid of all the things that aren't righteous. Don't be, don't be yapping. Just, just listen for a while, he says. He says, be, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Okay? And then he says this, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Humbly accept receive, accept the word. Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We hear the word. We accept the word. But he says you can't have the word of God accepted and within you and all this rage and malice and anger. They don't go together. It's like a few weeks ago when he said you can't serve two masters. These do not go together in a life. He says, so clear them out, clear them out so that you can receive God's word. What he has to say to you. Humbly accept and receive God's word. When God's word speaks to us, humbly, humbly receive it. Humbly hear what it has to say. Because he says, this is what can save you. This faith, the faith that comes by hearing, the word is what saves us. But then, he really quickly here moves from a passive faith to an active faith. Very quickly. He says this, in verse 22, but do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just listen. Don't just come in and sit down on the shelf or in the pews or in the seats or in your couch and hear it. Don't let it just tickle your ears. Don't let it just be another item but do it. And I want you to notice, he says, he just kind of interjects in between there. And it's, a, and it's a theme he brings up throughout. He says, and so deceive yourselves. Wow. He's saying, if you think that just listening and accepting the word is enough, that you're deceiving yourselves. I heard a pastor just very recently say this. He said, a false 
teacher deceives us. A false disciple deceives themselves. A false teacher deceives us, but a false disciple deceives themselves. We think, we think we have it all figured out. We think by just hearing the word and saying, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll accept that. I'll believe that. And yet not do it is deceiving ourselves. He says right here, don't be deceived. Now, some people hear this and they say, wow, that sounds contrary to what I've heard from the Apostle Paul who says we are saved by grace through faith and not of works. But yet, Paul himself in Romans chapter 2, verse 13 says this, for the hearers of the law are not righteous before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. The shelf sitters that are here on the shelf, those who in their seats or wherever just hear the law and don't do anything about it, it's not getting the job done, according to James. And he goes on to explain this a little more with an illustration. It's an illustration of, for a while, for many years, I was a little confused on. And he said, the person who listens to the word but doesn't do it is like this. He said, it's like the, the, the man or the woman, the person who goes and looks in the mirror, and that looks his gaze, it, you take time, and then you look at it, and you look at it, and then you walk away from it, and you immediately forget what you look like. Now, most of us, most of us have been looking in the mirror long enough we remember what we look like, right? But, but you know, every morning I may look different. For example, ladies, you're looking in the mirror and you're putting on makeup. And, you know, sometimes maybe the lipstick gets off a little bit and maybe on the tip of the nose or something. And this is saying, this is saying, lady, you've looked in the mirror, you saw the lipstick on your nose, you looked at it, you saw it, and you walked away and you forgot. There was a blemish. There was something that you really wish you would have taken care of, but you forgot. And this, this happens to me, this is, I know this is crazy, but I'm, I, you know, I just kind of get up and I go, 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 go. So I get up in the morning, I go and take my shower and brush my teeth and all that kind of stuff. There's been multiple mornings that I haven't gazed in the mirror long enough or I, or I gazed, I saw that my hair was a mess because I got out of the shower and it's all like this and it was, it was longer and I completely forget and I come to the office. <laughs> Sometimes I'm sitting in my chair, I'm thinking, I didn't comb my hair this morning. <laughs> Sometimes it's my first trip to the men's room. I look, and I go, why didn't anybody tell me my hair looks this way? <laughs> True story, just a couple weeks ago. You know, we're doing a lot more filming now with devotions and all these things, announcements and things. And one morning I wanted to rush in and get a film, filming done. So I got up, and I did everything, and I come in, and I, I actually filmed it all. I, I looked in the camera, and I did my filming. And, I, and then before I sent it off to Gus to post, I said, I better take a look at it, make sure everything's all right, you can hear me and everything. I turn on, I go, What's that blob on my face? <laughs> I went in the mirror and looked. Here I'd cut myself shaving. 
Never noticed it. <laughs> or if I, I noticed there was a cut there, but I left and I forgot to deal with it. And he says, that's kind of the way it is here. We, we look in a mirror and we walk away and we don't deal with what it has revealed to us. On the contrary, though, in verse 25, he says this, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, did you get that? <laughs> but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The person who looks into that mirror and cleans up the nose, wipes off the blood, combs their hair, they've responded to what's been revealed to them. When we look into the law, the perfect law, God's word, and it shows us some things about ourselves, we need to respond to it and do it. If, if, this, if I look at the word of God, I start reading the book of Acts, and I see, wow, there's a church that prayed, and we're going to be talking about that in a few weeks. And notice all the times in that Acts that they prayed, how important prayer was. Now I start looking at the rest of the Bible and I start seeing how important it was to Jesus and how important prayer is throughout Scripture. And all of a sudden, the Bible that tells us through the Holy Spirit says, you know, you're not such a hot prayer. <laughs> Hasn't the Bible just revealed to me? It's like looking in a mirror. If I got a problem with, with generosity and I'm reading through some of the Scripture and all of a sudden, the Bible says, you know, you got a little problem with greed. And I just walk away and say, okay, I got a problem with greed. Oh, well. <laughs> oh. If it looks at me and if I'm reading and the Bible reveals to me, I got a little problem with lust. It's revealing that to me so that I do something about it. If the Bible is revealing that I have a problem with honesty or resentment or envy, all these things that God's word reveals to us, it's like a mirror, James is saying, and it's showing us who we really are. And sometimes you just want to say, I'd rather not deal with who I really am. But here he says, no, 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 no. You must not only continue in it, you must not only have heard it, don't forget it, but do it. Do it. And then he says, they will be blessed in what they do. You know, we just came through, in fact, well, some people say James is, is, this whole book is kind of like a commentary or a sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. There's so many similarities here. But, you know, remember in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, we were saying, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are, are the meek, and on and on. Well, here, James is saying, blessed are you, that when you look into God's word, and it tells you to do something, you do it. When you sense God's spirit leading you and re getting into his word and, and, or you see what he says and you do it, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Do it. Look intently into it. Act on it. Don't sit on the shelf and say, hey, I heard. I accepted. That's good enough. Hmm. I don't know if it is good enough. Look what James says in verse, chapter two, verse 14. What good is it? <laughs> what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? And then he really gets serious. He says, can that faith save him? He said, is that really faith saving faith? 
If it hasn't transformed you, if it hasn't changed you, if God's word is, is just something you look at and say, well, that was nice to read, and you take off and you don't make changes in your life, he says, is that a faith that can save? And I think the question, that question is answered or asked in a form that requires a, a no answer. It's like that faith can't save him, can it? Is the way he's asking this. He ups the ante. He says, it cannot save we might sing that song that we sang, I believe, you know, I believe in Christ. But if you don't, if you don't believe it, if, it doesn't, if, you don't, if you don't accept it and do it, then you're just singing a song. And so he gives another example. Right after this, verses 15 and 16 of chapter 2, he says, suppose a brother or sister come to you and they have no clothes and they're hungry. In fact, he says they, they, they lack daily food. It's not just one, not, they're just hungry today. They're just hungry every day. He says, suppose someone comes there and, 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 and you say to him, oh, brother, sister, it's good to be with you. I'm glad to see you. Wow, go be warm and be fed. James says, uh-uh, uh-uh. In fact, he draws a conclusion in verse 17. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And this isn't the only time he says this in chapter two. He says it again in verse 26. Your faith can be dead. Wow. I'm glad he said that and not me. <laughs> I'm glad he has to defend that statement. That's a tough, that's some tough teaching. That's some tough teaching. But you know what? He doesn't have any exceptions there aren't, well, this doesn't apply to some, only some or the others. No, it applies. In fact, I think James even anticipated the pushback on this statement. I think he anticipated pushback when he says this in the next verse. He says, but some will say, oh, you have faith, I have deeds. I have faith, you have deeds. You know, I have this gift, you have that gift. They treat it like gifts. But faith and deeds go together. I joked in the first service, they're kind of like Pastor Jim and his cell phone. They can't be separated. <laughs> our faith and our deeds go together. No exceptions. Some will say, you have faith, but I have deeds. It's almost like we have faith Christians and we've got deed Christians. James says, uh-uh. If you think that, you're being deceived. You're being deceived. If you think you can have faith without deeds, you deceive yourself. So James responds to this argument. He says this, show me your faith without deeds. <laughs> I'll show you my faith by my deeds. How do you do that? How do we show faith if we're not living it out? if it's not transforming our lives, if it hasn't changed us. Are we, aren't we just listeners, if that's the case? Sitting on the shelf, or in the chairs, or on the couch. He says, you know, even, he says then, even the devils, even the demons believe. Even they believe, but they shudder in their belief. And in the end, all of James is asking of you and me 
and us, his readers, is this. Show me your faith. Show me your faith. Show it to me. Let me see it in action. Let me see how it changes you. Let me see how the word of God speaks to you and transforms your life. Let me see how it changes you to be, instead of being selfish, you're reaching out and helping meeting needs. How you're, instead of caring only for yourself, you're caring for others. Because faith without deeds is useless. Or worse than that, it's dead. Show me your faith. There were those in Matthew 25. Jesus was talking about the end where this, the nations are separated, the sheep and the goats, to the right and the left. Those who would go into glory, those who would go into eternal fire. And the ones who were sent to the fire, he said, you know, you, 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 you didn't come feed me and care for me and clothe me. And they said, well, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. And he says, no, to, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Your faith wasn't a, you were, you were just sitting on the shelf. You weren't caring for those who are hurting. Wow. James closes out chapter one, the last two verses. Um, with this warning, and specifically a warning about deception. And I, wanna, I want us to think about that this morning. He says this, he gets back to the tongue a little bit. He says, those who consider themselves religious, and there's a lot of people today, a lot of people who consider themselves religious. The shelves are full of people who consider themselves religious. And yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongue. Deceive themselves. They're a deceived disciple. They're a false disciple. They deceive themselves. And their religion is what? Worthless. 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 A false disciple has a worthless religion. But he goes on. He says, religion that our God, the Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. It's an active faith. It's, it's a faith that does not sit on the shelf. It's a faith that is active in meeting needs and transforming so that we, we clean up our hacks, that we aren't polluted by, by the world. We hear what God's word says to us when we look in that mirror of the scripture and we, may, and we make sure it changes us. Yes. And so it's summed up like this, the gospel is to, the, the, the living out this gospel, our transformed lives should, should be, we should have pure speech. Our, we should be, we should, our pure speech and actions. We should lovingly care for those who are hurting and we should live holy lives. And we follow God's word when we do that. So the question to leave you with this morning as we go is this, what kind of disciple are you? What kind of disciple are you? And you say, well, what do you mean by that? And I'll say this, are you a true disciple or are you a false disciple? A false disciple is one who deceives themselves. And James says they deceive themselves by thinking, I can just believe and accept and then sit on the shelf. I don't have to really look into God's word and see what it says and apply it to my life. I don't have to go and do the things that the scripture calls us to do. I'm content to sit. Can you imagine having all these spices and never get them poured out on your food? 
Christians, we should be the spice of the world. In fact, Jesus said something like that, didn't he? When he said, you are the salt of the earth. We're to be doing and not sitting. The true disciple gets off the shelf. And if you're a true disciple, a really true disciple, all James is saying is, show me. Show me. Show me. He said, I'll show you. (laughs) You show me. This week, as we're out living our lives, the world needs Christians who are out in the world. Not of the world, but in the world. Off the shelf, spreading our spices, spreading the salt, being being the gospel to people who need it so desperately. And James makes us take this very seriously. He says if we're not, we may be deceiving ourselves on our faith. This week, practice being a true disciple. And get off the shelf. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the, your word and this message that has just hit me, uh, hit me in the face this week. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we... Um, as we think about it, as we digest it, as we gaze into it, Lord, I pray there'd be no one here today, including myself, that would walk away and say, well, that was a good message to hear and not put it into practice. Lord, that we would be, be fooled into deceiving ourselves and this applies to somebody else. But Lord, help us today to be a true disciple, to be one who is a doer of your word and exudes the kind of righteousness that God desires, that you desire. Help us to do that this week through the power of your spirit. May the Holy Spirit, Lord, may you just come and fill each one to live a life that exudes Christ, that pours into others. May our spices be shaken. And Lord, may those around us realize they have have been in the presence of people who have been changed through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and through the power of your word that brings freedom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning as we've worshiped together. It is such a privilege to come into your homes or wherever you're watching this morning. Uh, In just a minute, you're going to see some questions roll by your screen. I encourage you to take some time and reflect on those. Maybe you're with somebody. You can take time and discuss them and just maybe even pray over these questions, the answers, and what God is speaking to you about. During this next week, I'd encourage you to get into God's Word, to be a listener of the Word to be a reader of the word, but then also to consider what you can do to be a doer of the word as God leads and directs you. And thank you so much, everyone, for your financial support that has continued to help us to operate and to continue to meet needs around the community. You can continue to mail your 
contributions, tithes and offerings in, or of course you can go online, text to give, just find whfriends.org. Either way, you can find a place to give and we thank you so much for your generosity. And finally, uh, next week, uh, the day after Labor Day, school will start and we've been preparing for that and part of that has been to reconfigure some things in the building here. One of the things we'll be reconfiguring a little bit is our worship center and moving more chairs into that room. And so beginning next Sunday, we will no longer require registration to come. So if that's been keeping you watching online, you said I'd come if I didn't have to do all that registration stuff. Well, good news, beginning next Sunday, just show up and there we won't be checking people in. You can just come in and we might help you find your seats because we'll keep people socially distances, distancing and do all the things that we need to do, wear our masks, but the registering will not be required. So uh, welcome. And of course, if you want to watch online, you're one of those that are in a, a high risk group, continue to watch online, please. And just be blessed by our worship together. So have a great week. Be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word, and God bless.